Make sure I have all the electronics turned on and maybe it'll happen. That's a maybe. There we go. Can you hear me? Excellent. All right. The sun was just breaking over the horizon and Joe had just pulled into the truck stop, parked and shut down his rig. Breaker one night. Go ahead, Breaker. Came over the CD radio. And then a trucker shared a beautiful prayer. Praised God and gave God thanks for the beautiful day, for the opportunities that lie ahead and the opportunity that God will lead him in doing his will that day. There were a number of truckers who clicked in and said amen, gave affirmations for that beautiful prayer, and um, even others who clicked in and gave other thanksgivings. And then a trucker clicked in and said, I wish he hadn't have done that. What? He went on to say that he was upset and angry that someone would key in a prayer, assuming that everyone was a believer and appreciated all that nonsense. Well, Joe was taken aback by all of the cursing, the name-calling, and all of the hateful comments that came over the radio from presumably those believers who appreciated the prayer. He went on to say that he had grown up in the church. In fact, he was married to a good Methodist church-going woman, but that he had read his Bible from cover to cover and simply could not reconcile the working of God with his reality. Well, there was a, a leader in our denomination not long ago, I believe it was Fred Craig, who said that once a year, a sermon should be preached on what you believe and why you believe it in order to help the congregation in understanding their faith formation and to help them through their doubts. Well, I'd like to invite you this morning to come with me as I share with you three things that I believe. First thing that I believe is faith. Faith is a verb. If you're taking notes, write that down. Okay. Um, Jerry and his family gathered in their living room around the television to watch television, a movie on television one night. And as the sun went down, and they lived in, in the Windy City, in a high rise, and so as the sun went down, the wind was blowing and made it 
so at one point he asked his daughter Don, who was laying on the floor by the window, if she would get up and close the window. They had large windows that were hinged at the bottom and folded inward. Then her dad asked Don if she would get up and close the window now. Well, Don jumped up. She reached out and she pushed the top of the window and it just gently closed. And she was about to lay down when her dad said, Don, why don't you latch the window? Don turned and looked at her dad, put her hand on her hip. Have you ever noticed when a child has a death wish, they put their hand on their hip? Well, Don had put her hand on her hip and said to her dad, we don't latch the window around here. At that point, her siblings uh, cleared the blast area. And there stood Dawn between her father and her mother, denying that she ever said anything about latching the window. There stood Dawn, bone of their bone, flesh of their flesh, between her father who expected obedience and her mother who knew that children just did foolish things. That is where faith takes place. It takes place in that middle ground between expectancy and forgiveness. Faith is what you do in that middle point. Faith is where you have to become honest with who you are and strive to do the right thing, to do what is just, to do God's will and not your own will. To say it another way, faith is what drives our discipleship. Faith is what defines our character. And faith is what discloses that we are really believers in the Lord of life. Second thing, hope. Hope is more than wishful thinking or blissful When Tom and Mary's child was born, the in-laws who lived in the Midwest came out for a visit to see the baby. Each Friday, Tom would take his paycheck and deposit it down at the bank. Well, this Friday, his father-in-law, Eddie, came with him on that errand. As they left the bank, they ran into a fellow who asked Eddie, are you born again? Eddie looked at him and said, I hope so. As they got in the van, Eddie asked Tom if he would take him to L.A. to see all the sights. So they drove up to L.A. Even though Eddie didn't have any place in particular that he wanted to see. 
they drove up by Memorial Coliseum, by University of Southern California, up to the Wilshire District, and they drove down Hollywood Boulevard, past the Palladium Auditorium, you know where Lawrence Well uh, called home, and uh, past Grauman's Chinese Theater and Capitol Records. Finally, Eddie said, can we stop at a topless bar? So they went in, sat down, and was served warm beer as the ladies danced on the stage. After they had had their fill, they left there, and Eddie still wanted to see the sights. So they drove down um, Sunset Boulevard, past Whiskey A Go Go, etc. And Eddie spied the strip club and implored that they stop. Well, after the show, they got in the van and headed back home. But during their little sightseeing adventure, Eddie revealed that he had just lost his job. He worked at the same firm that his father worked for. His father worked there until he was 70 years old and then retired. Eddie began working there as a young man when he had come back from World War II. And he had thought that he would work until he was 70. Eddie felt as if his whole world had come to an end. Everything that he knew just ended. He felt lost. He felt hopeless. He felt utterly worthless. And he didn't know what he was going to do. Well, it was well after midnight by the time that they pulled into the driveway. And um, Tom's mother-in-law came out the front door. And boy, you better believe that she just laid in the head. So much so that Eddie literally crumbled, fell to the ground. Doris continued to deride him as she pulled him up and walked him into the house. The whole time, Eddie was just blubbering and sobbing and saying, Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom. Later, Eddie shared and thanked Tom for for being with him that day. He told Tom that he had saved his life. Well, Tom wondered, was it our discussion about what it means to be born again? Uh, I doubt it. In fact, Eddie said that it was the fact that Tom had accepted him and allowed him to cut loose that gave him hope. Because up until that day, he was contemplating suicide. And he 
That's the kind of hope that I believe in. The hope that saves and redeems lives in the here and now, not in the by and by. A hope that connects us with our Savior and Lord. A hope that we share together as a community of faith. Third thing, love. young man worked at a filling station on the weekends, the closing shift by himself. He was a hard worker and he would get everything done ahead of time so that um, he could share his time between waiting on customers and reading. That one Saturday evening, he was reading C.S. Lewis's Abolition of Man. And a car pulled into the lot, and he noticed that the guys in the car were laughing and carrying on, and then all of a sudden the door flung open, and they literally threw a girl out of the car and hit the gas and sped out, throwing her belongings and everything out of the car as they sped off down the highway. And he just could not get out of his mind the face of those guys laughing and carrying on in that car. And then he turned and he looked back at the girl who had rolled and, and skidded on the, uh, on the asphalt pavement as she was out there picking up all of her belongings and then went running into the washroom on the side of the building. He knew he had to do something but he didn't know what. She had sustained cuts and bruises, and so he knew that that needed to be taken care of, but he didn't want to call the paramedics. He didn't know what to do. He got up and started pacing back and forth in the Bay Area, trying to figure out what he could do. He was so paralyzed that he could not simply walk to the washroom, knock on the door and ask, what do you need? How can I help you? But the one thing that he knew was that when she came out of that washroom, that she would go looking for him and find him so that he could help her. He stood there in a quandary, and the fear and emotions were welling up in him so much that he began thinking about hiding because he knew that she was going to come out of that washroom, walk around the corner, and look for him so that he could help her and have compassion for her and care for her. He was paralyzed, couldn't move. And then the bell of the station rang. A car had pulled up to the pumps and duty called.
So he went out and as he pumped the gas and washed the windshield, his eyes constantly scanned the corner where that girl would come around and come looking for him. He went and rang up the sale on the cash register and she came around the corner and appeared. He could not take his eyes off of her. And she ignored him and walked across the lot. And with every step she took, he felt hate. His emotions had gone all the way from paralyzing fear to disgust to outright rage for her as she walked to the corner and began crossing the street. And it was at that moment, just like a lightning flash across the night sky, his hating heart was pierced by the words, I died for her. He couldn't handle it. He broke down began crying, and he knew that he couldn't wait on customers, so he turned out the lights. He wanted to go to that girl. No, he had to go to that girl. But when he had turned and looked across the highway, she had gone. That is the love that I believe. The love that breaks into our lives. The love that heals the hurt that, that we experience all around us. The love that heals the hate in the deep recesses of our heart. The love that transforms weakness and fear into action and compassion toward one another. That's the kind of love that I believe. I want to give thanks to each and every one of you for the love, for the faith, and for the hope that is exhibited in your life. Thank you.